In the book of Acts, uh, at our church, we have a, a, a daily Bible reading plan that our pastor has us on. And I've been reading through the Bible for 32 years. Every, you know, uh, Old Testament, New Testament, Proverbs, and a Psalm. And just recently, I got to where when I read the word, I pray and I say, Lord, what is it today? What is it today, Lord? Because it's a newspaper. What is it today that you want to say to me, uh, you know, right now? And I do that ever. I do that every morning, and, and it's really awesome. How many, how many do that? The, something will just jump off the page at you. Yeah. Well, in the book of Acts, which is an awesome book, the, the church is going through trials and tribulations. Paul uh, is going into every city and preaching in the synagogues and explaining to the Jews about Jesus as the Messiah. They're getting the Greeks saved, uh, the Gentiles. And... Uh, but he, he makes two statements that I want to build on tonight. <clears throat> and the first one is, it says that Paul went through strengthening the churches. Folks, the church needs strengthening. In another translation, it says uh, he encouraged the church to stay with it. Stay with it. Another verse of scripture in Acts, Paul says, stay true to your faith. There's an all out assault on the name of Jesus and on the word of God. And see, we can understand this because in Genesis 3, when Satan had an opportunity to talk to Eve, the first thing he did was to say, did God really say that? He hadn't changed did God really say that? And we fail, and he's still doing that today. Amen? So he says, stay true to, your, stay true to your faith. And he said, I encourage you in the things of God. 2 Timothy 3, 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1. Paul is saying, in the last days, perilous times. Everybody knows... Perilous is not a nice word. <laughs> Perilous means it's rough, honey. He said in the last days, and what's amazing is he's not talking about famine or, or uh, persecution. He's not talking about earthquakes or anything like that. He's talking about how man is going to be acting. And if you read that, man is going to become a lover of himself, boastful, prideful, Start saying what is right is wrong and what is wrong is right. Hello, are we seeing that today? Yes. Perilous times are going to come. But the Apostle Paul, in, in, in after that, he said, but continue, continue in that which you have learned and not only what you have learned, but what you are assured of. There's one thing to learn something. But are you assured of it? Does that word work when it looks like it ain't working? That's when you know you're, you're in the faith. It, there's not a snowball in hell that this situation is going to work. But. But God said. 
Thank you, Lord. In verse 16, all Scripture, let's, 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 let's repeat this after. All Scripture, all scripture is, given by inspiration of God is given by inspiration of God and is profitable. To tell me what's right, tell me what's not right, tell me how to get right, and tell me how to stay right. Hallelujah. So in, so in every situation that we deal with every day, the word is a profiter to us. It, profit, it profits me in my going in. It profits me in my going out. It profits me when I'm down. It profits me when I am up. Yes. Amen. But it, it, there is a profit. All scripture is given by inspiration, God, and is profitable. What does profit mean? Profitable. Over the top. Increase. More than. Amen. So the word, uh, uh, it wants to jump off the page and get into our psyche. How many of you have ever had that? The word can change a nation. The word can change a marriage. Years ago, I'm a nominal Christian. I'm smoking and I'm drinking. Uh, but I was a good Methodist. And, and, and I, I'm going to ask God someday why, why this happened, but... In our house, we had, what do you call those things, baby? A bread box. A bread box. Little bread box. And it had scriptures in it. I probably thought there was bread in there. I didn't realize there were scriptures in there. <laughs> but one evening, I just happened to be home by myself, smoking a cigarette, drinking a beer, in a white terry cloth robe. And for some reason, my wife was not there, or I don't think she was there. We had three children at the time. And anyway, one of those little things fell out of that bread box. Fell out on the floor. I decided to pick it up. <laughs> Romans eight thirty one. Now get ready, because something happened. Romans eight thirty one. If God be for you, who can be against you? One thing about that situation is the Bible also says that God knows what we have need of before we even ask him. But boy, there's some power in asking. So anyway, so something happened. Uh, Jesus came into the room. The room turned white. I fell prostrate. I started crying. And I believe I started praying in tongues, but I didn't know, I didn't know what, what that was. I just blabbled. God himself came into that room. And I finally got up off the floor and he said, Jack, if I'm for you, I don't care who's against you. Now, now let me tell you something. I, nobody was against me. I was a salesman, and I had to call on contractors and business people at 7 o'clock in the morning. You know, some people are not real nice at 7 o'clock in the morning. Thank you. <laughs> but 
I guess there was something in me. I just didn't like what I was doing. And so, but he, he said, I'm, I'm for you. So the next morning, I had a company car. Jesus walks out the door with me. As real as this man is right here. And I open up the passenger door. Jesus steps in. I lift up the train and lay it across his lap. And we started making calls at 7 o'clock in the morning. And every time I'd walk into a place, every time I'd walk in and introduce myself and what I'm trying to sell them insurance, Jesus would go, remember, I got you. I'm on your side. Now, there's a good point and a bad point. 90 days I walked with Jesus every day. Every day as real as that situation was. We were in a little church. I had not one person, not one person could tell me what happened. And I died. 90 days later, I died. I went back to being old Jack as if it never happened. That's why it's so important to fellowship Iron sharpens iron. We need each other. We need to encourage one another. And when someone has a testimony, we need to say, right on. Amen? Amen. We had no one. I went, I went to our little preacher at the time, and I shared what I just shared with you. And he said, well, what's happened is you've climbed a ladder, and God's allowed you to look into heaven. But he said, now what's going to happen? I said, you're going to fall back to earth. And you're going to walk the same way you've been walking. Okay. <laughs> so, for seven years, I lived old Jack. Our little church that we were involved in in Houston, we decided to, uh, we wanted to do something good. I didn't say we did something for God. We just, we're going to do something good. And so we found out of a little mission on the north side of town that uh, went and picked up homeless men and, uh, off the streets and brought them to this little church on every Sandy, uh, Sunday night. And so our, our little church said, well, let's make chicken. So my wife, ever, that first Sunday night, they said, who, who wants to go? And I didn't raise my hand. But anyway, well, well, you and Mary Jean, will y'all you all go out there? There's two other couples. Would y'all mind going out and take some chicken? We took chicken, and, uh, and we met these guys, and there was about 20 of them. The oldest was 18. The oldest was a man named Pops, and he had to be in his 60s. The uh, ugliest man I ever saw in my life. He had, I started saying he's bald-headed. Well, I'm bald-headed. But he had, he, had, he had scars all over his head, and half his teeth were missing. But he was Pops, and he was a, a recovered alcoholic and so forth. And so we went out to that Sunday night. We had, I had just bought a new Lincoln. And me and my Lincoln are on the wrong side of town. <laughs> and I parked that Lincoln where I could sit in that church and I could look at it. <laughs> I'm, I'm just trying to let y'all know where my spirituality was at the time. And so we sat there and, the, and we fed those guys and the pastor gave a little talk or something. And then, boom, we're out of there. We came back to Memorial. Badge. I'm going to have a jewel in my crown. 
Friday, the pastor calls and says, Jack, can you and Mary Jean go back? I said, no, I don't want to go back. <laughs> I don't want to go back. He said, well, the couple can't go. Would y'all mind going? So I said, okay, we'll go back. So Mary Jean makes up some more chicken. And so we go out there. I take my Lincoln. I park it in the same place where I can watch it. <laughs> and uh, we finish. Hallelujah. Boy, I got a bunch of, bunch of jewels in my crown hat. We come home. Well, Friday comes. Jack, I don't want to hear this. Jack, can you and Mary Jean go back out uh, tonight? Everybody canceled out, but could y'all go? Okay. So we took our three kids with us. How old were they, baby? Teenagers or younger than that? Nine, nine, seven, and four or something like that. So we go out there. So we fed them chicken. And the pastor, you always had a little devotion or so. I never remembered anything about that. I'm just watching my car. <laughs> so, uh, so we had this, he had this meeting and then he said, uh, does anybody have a prayer request? And a few people said something and I'm thinking, huh. yeah, I've got a prayer request. Motive was all wrong. I got a prayer request, and I said, yeah, my grandmother, Sister Pigeon, in Austin, fell and broke her hip. And so uh, he, he, someone's going to pray. Well, where, where I grew up, the preacher prayed. Nobody else prayed. The preacher prayed. But he turned to this ugly white man. And he said, Pops, why don't you pray for Sister Pigeon? I almost got out of my seat and walked to my Lincoln. I was furious. I'd, I don't want that man praying for my grandmother. But you know what? The same thing that happened seven years before happened right then. And Jesus entered the room. And we were doing something in me. And one of the ladies meant to come up and console me. And this old Pentecostal preacher, he said, don't, honey. Don't touch him. God's doing a work in his life. I went home a changed man. Isn't God good? When you, when you don't think you need it, he loves us so much that he'll just bend over backwards. That's what he's doing with us in these times that we're living in. Stay true to your faith. Because the devil is coming after you. There's stuff going on. I can't imagine that we ever thought stuff like this would be going on. The movements that are going on, the, the credibility that we now give to sin... We celebrate it. The church has to pray. The church has to pray because that's what we've been called here to do. And we pray right where we are. Every one of us has an area of rule. And all God is asking us to do is to take care of your area of rule. 
And if that's, if that's praying on your knees, wow, what a ministry. If that's going on the street, what a ministry. If that's preaching in the church, what a ministry. God has given each and every one of us a place that he, ha- that he plants us. I'm so excited to know, we, our staff, Pastor Mike here is part of our, our ministerial staff. We pray every Wednesday morning. And I, I'm amazed at the staff that God has put together at our church. But God spoke to me one time and he said, as I place every star right where I wanted it, I've done that with your staff. And I'm, I'm going to prophesy, I bet it's happening here too. I was so impressed. Mary Jean and I were so impressed Sunday morning when we were here. And uh, he called up leadership and prayed, didn't he? That blew me away. Thank you, Jesus. Boy, you, you guys are part of something awesome. How many know that? I'm not telling you something you don't know. Amen. There's a place, Kandele Babashotoro Maha. Okay. Ha, made a shot. There's a place that God's taken this church that's not even on the drawing boards yet. Thank you, Lord. It's not even on the drawing boards yet. Hallelujah. Okay, let me get to my sermon. Since we're going to stay faithful to, the, to our faith, I came up with a little deal. Three questions. Let me back up. Uh, I'm going to church one morning, Sunday morning. My wife and I were driving through the neighborhood. And some friends of ours that lived across the street and about five houses down, Sunday morning, they're out in the front yard, the mom and the dad, and I believe the brother and the sister, and they're out in the front yard throwing a ball to each other. I'm going to church. And I, I told the Lord, I said, Lord, why aren't they in church? And the Lord, I had to stop the car and write this down. Why aren't they in church? And the Lord said, they don't have to be, they don't need to be, and they don't want to be. I stopped the car. And he said, there's three reasons why people are at your church this morning. They want to be, they need to be, and they have to be. I said all that to say this. Whatever our motive is that we're here, and I know there's, we were greeted when we came in. There's ministry working all over this church. They have to be here. People that need to be here. And people that uh, want to be here. And the reason that we, tonight, when I was praying to the Lord, we are here tonight to be strengthened in the things of God. Amen. Paul went around all over that area and, and he said, and he came about and he strengthened the people. Hallelujah. I like to be strengthened. Amen. Thank you, Lord. 
Anyway, so that have to, want to, and need to be, I came up with this thing. There's three questions that every believer and every non-believer has to have the answer to. You know, and people, when you're ministering to people, I think you'll understand what I'm talking about. Everybody wants to know, does God really love me? Wow. Wow. I was walking the other morning, <clears throat> praying in tongues. Sweet time, great time. And the Lord said, Jack, I like it when he says Jack. <laughs> he said, there's no, nothing else going on in the world that concerns me except my relationship with you right now. Lord, really? He said, there's nothing going on that will stop me for our moment, this precious time that we're having right now. And he started, I wish I'd have had a tape recorder where I could write it down. But that's the way God feels about each and every one of us. Sometimes we think it's all corporate, which is good, but I like it when it's individual. Yeah. I had a situation. <laughs> you, know, you know, when you're just dumb, but... Uh, I was a pastor. I was a pastor. I'm, I'm a pastor. But I had unforgiveness. And I thought, I'm a pastor. God knows what happened. He knows I have a right. I did. Oh, I'm, I'm terrible. I'm, I have a right. Well, you know, if you read in the Bible, you, you can't, if you believe the Bible... Uh, it's in Matthew, you know, if you forgive not the sins of others, your heavenly father ain't going to forgive you. And I would read that and I just would keep going. <laughs> I'd, go to the, I'd go to the next verse. And I did that. I did that for years. And then one morning I'm there and I read my, you know, my daily Bible reading. And, and it says, uh, if you forgive not the others, then your heavenly father can't forgive you. year later, I'm reading that same verse. If you don't forgive the sins of others, your heavenly father can't forgive you. And I went, ah! I couldn't go any further. And I stopped. And here's what he said. Jack, if you don't forgive her, I can't forgive you. I hope that's for somebody here tonight. You know, everything is on the other side of our forgiveness. Yes. Healing, prosperity, peace, comfort. Yes. It's all on the other side of, of forgiveness. And God knows it's rough. God knows it's hard to forgive some people. But all I got to do is think about what he did to me. And my goodness, if he can forgive me, I can forgive. Amen. Anyway, so number one, does God really love me? How many can holler out a scripture at me to prove that God loves you? Holler a scripture. Holler it. What? Here? How about, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever would believe in him would never perish. 
God's love, it ain't like our love. It's not, it's not like a human love. He, he's going he's gonna to love me till I take my last breath. So people, people, people feel sometimes, you know, you, I know this is a ministering church. I know you all evangelize a lot. But I bet that's the worst thing you run up against is people don't feel like God loves them. Because, man, I've been a turkey. I've done some bad stuff. But all we have to do in love is to show them that God loves you. I've told someone one time, he'll say, well, I know he loves you, Jack. But I said, you know what, I'm going I'm to say something. Right now, I think God loves you a little bit more than he loves me. He got me. But he loves you so much. So first thing, question is, does God really love me? Number two, does God really forgive me of my sins? Did anybody ever have a problem with that, with forgiveness? Sure. But the more love we have in us, the more we come to that place where we can forgive. Amen? Has anyone ever gotten to that place before? I couldn't. I was in a place. No, they don't deserve forgiveness. Well, guess what? I did not deserve forgiveness. The blessings of God are conditional. The grace and mercy of God is unconditional. But you know, so many times we want to live off grace and mercy because the blessings require something from me. If. Blessings come after the if. Deuteronomy 28. If you do this, then I'll bless you going in, I'll bless you going out. I'll bless your family. I'll bless your kids. I'll, I'll bless everything that you touch. It'll prosper if. So the blessings come after I commit to the word of God. But, but hey, I like his grace and mercy because we don't deserve it. Amen. Don't you love the grace and mercy of God? Thank you, Lord. So. Third question. Does God really have a plan for my life? Thank you, Jesus. The Bible says that God will direct our steps. I don't understand my steps sometimes. I don't understand why I walk some places that I ordinarily would not walk. But I truly believe that God directs our steps for his purpose in our lives. Thank you, Lord. Does he love me? Does he forgive my sins? Thank you, Lord. Does he have a plan for my life? Each one of us, each one of us has a gifting from God. And it's not like someone else's gifting. It's personal. And the greatest thing that we can ever do is when we commit ourselves, when we yield ourselves to the Lord, that gifting becomes, it's not that we have to make it work. 
it starts working up through us. And all of a sudden, you know, there's no, Mary Jean and I, when, uh, when this started happening to us in a, again, a nominal church, uh, I, was, I was not happy where I was. And uh, Luke 5, great story. Well, no, not a story. It's an accounting Jesus, early in his ministry, is teaching, and there's so many people, they're pushing him into the Lake Gennesaret. And he sees Peter. And Peter's there, and uh, Peter, they fished all night and got no fish. They're, they're broke. No red lobster today. <laughs> and uh, Jesus comes up and he says, Peter, he said, launch out into the deep and let down your net for a mighty catch. And I taught that, I taught that uh, at our church we were going to, and here I go. I'd, I'd teach it, and I'd keep going. But then one day, the God said, Jack, that's for you. And I was in the insurance business, and we were doing, we were doing well. And he said, I want you to launch out in the deep and let down your nets for a mighty catch. And, of course, our first questions are, where are we going? And... Uh, you know, you don't know till you, till you launch out. So went home and told my wife, and she was in agreement. So we resigned from our uh, insurance. I had an, an agency. We resigned from it. And nine months, we didn't hear from God. <laughs> no, but we... We, we were involved in ministry, and we helped at our church and everything like that. And we had enough money to live on for nine months. But after nine months, there's no more money, honey. <laughs> and anyway, some, it's crazy. So some events started happening. We're at a large Pentecostal church, about 2,500 people, and we're, we're real active there as lay people. And... Uh, I think we had told the pastor that we might move to Tyler or something, yeah, uh, to go to work for another insurance company. And uh, he, he, he told my wife, he said, uh, I'm not at liberty to say, but God's not through with you here. Well, in, in this denomination, you cannot be divorced and be a pastor. And before we met Jesus, Mary Jean and I both had bad marriages and we've had children from those bad marriages, and one of them is now the pastor of my church. <laughs> so I, there was no way. You, they, they do not ordain a, a divorced person. So, but pastor told Mary Jean, I'm not liberty to say. Huh? So, they, so uh, one of the associates took me out one day and asked me to put in a resume to become a pastor at the church. I said, David, David. He said, uh, the pastor said he'd rather go with what God said to do rather than the denomination. So we go on staff at a awesome Pentecostal church for, uh, huh? And a great pastor. A great pastor, Banning. Great pastor. Great pastor. 
So we're there and uh, loving it. Mary Jean's involved in women's ministry. I'm involved in men's ministry. And we, were, we became the singles, the singles ministry leaders. And we're there. And then uh, in, uh, that was about 85. And then uh, we're doing, moving along real good. And then all of a sudden, Luke 5 comes back up. We're reading it. It's Jack. Launch out in the deep and let down your nets for a mighty catch. Lord, I got three kids with three cars. I got a house payment. You know, you start doing all that stuff and everything. So we resigned. Said, Lord, what, what, what are we going to do? And, uh, she, and, and, you know, I went home and told my wife, and she was in agreement with me. I don't know why I'm saying all this stuff, but, folks, God's working in our lives. God's doing something. When we don't, I don't have to see it. When I'm, when I'm faithful to the Word of God, when I'm faithful to church, when I'm faithful to people, God's working. God's doing stuff. You, you don't have to see it. I'm telling you, He's doing it for you. And so here comes Luke 5 again. The church. We got no money, honey. There ain't nothing. There's nothing to fall back on. They let me preach a Sunday night. I think they gave us $3,500. And we're gone. We're gone. We're gone. I don't have an insurance agency. I don't have a savings account. Nada. But. But God. So we're doing, Mary Jean had a, a, a Bible study that she had. And uh, he talked to me about starting a church. I said, Lord, how do you, how do you start a church? He said, you put out chairs and preach. <laughs> I, can, I can do that, and I'm going to preach Luke 5. No, no, oh, this, 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 oh, Jesus, this is good. I'm having fun. I don't know if you are or not, but I'm having fun. We had a young couple. We had a young couple. David and Debbie, Patrick knew them. We had a young couple that, that came to the Bible study and they came that first, that first Sunday morning in our house, we put out 20 chairs and we had 16 people. And I preached. Mary Jean was praise leader. Acapella, acapella. And anyway, the second Sunday, David and Debbie said they had done, they were Lutherans and had gotten spirit filled and they had, uh, uh, they had done youth camps and they were singers. He would play the guitar and she sang and they did youth camps and she wrote a song. And, and what we found out she sang, Mary Jean sat down real quick. <laughs> and so in our living room, in our living room, they became, they became our praise leader and she wrote a song. And the name of it was Launch Out. I started bawling. And it's just like Lord saying, I know where you are. I know what you're doing. And if God be for you, who can be against you? I said all that to say this. Stay faithful. Be strengthened. By the word of God. Be continuous in the things of God. 
Continue in those things which we have learned. You know, we have to learn them first. And, and, and when, I like that. And when we learn them, we become assured of them. I had a doctor tell me about one of my sons one time. He'll be in this state for the rest of his life, and you'll have to be caretakers for him for the rest of your life. A doctor. My wife and I. No. The word, the God I serve, said nothing is impossible to him that would believe. Were you in the room when that doctor said that that day, baby? Strapped down to the bed because he was going through hallucinations. And this doctor with these degrees came against my faith. Came against the word of God that I had inside of me. And you know what it did? It bounced off of me. I didn't receive it. I didn't, I, I didn't give it, I did not give it an opportunity to get inside of me. And I'm, and I'm, as soon as he said it, I said, don't die, Baba, shanda, my, my, my. My son, my son will live and not die to declare the glory of God. It works. I've, I've, I've got all kind of, I've got all kind of stuff. The word works. But we have to stay, we have to stay learned, committed, faithful, all the time. All the time. Because folks, in these la- the days we're in right now, you've got to be strong. There are churches doing stuff that is totally demonic. If you look at the news, it's crazy. They're, you know what? And they're doing it to get a dollar. Oh, well, we can't say that. We'll lose some of our people. I had a pastor friend of mine call me up one Sunday afternoon. He said, you got a minute? And I said, yes, sir. He said, what would you do? He said, my praise leader is a young couple, and their parents are in my church, and they're one of my biggest givers. I said, well, super. That's great. He said, well, we're having a service this morning, and... Um, uh, during praise and worship, the Lord just hit me. This song was just a powerful song. And I, I, I came up and I said, you know, but he ministered whatever that was. And he said, I want to go back and sing that song one more time. And the praise leader said, Pastor, no, I think I've got another song that would be better. So he uh, called me that afternoon. He said, Pastor, what should I have done? I said, well, you got to do something. He said, but if I do, I'm going to lose two families. He's my biggest giver. Well, for for a struggling church that needs the money, honey. I know. Thank you, Lord. And And he had to say something. He said, and I said, do it in love. Whatever you do, do it in love, but that's out of order. And your people saw that it was out of order. He said, do it in love. And uh, saw him someplace a month later, and they, they both left the church. And I said, how's the church doing? He said, gosh, we're doing good. If, someone, if some big leader or giver leaves your church, uh, you'll think about it for about a second. 
This is God's church. We had, when we were a small church, when we were running maybe 80 people, I had two couples come in to me. One was a doctor, and uh, uh, they were moving to uh, Corpus Christi. Oh, no, man, I hate you. And then another couple came in, and they were moving to uh, Fort Worth. Oh, no, I hate that. God bless y'all. God bless you. Amen. So Sunday morning, I said, and I shared this with the congregation, because these were sweet people. And so I said, uh, yeah, that's, that, that's sad. I said, but nobody else come up to me. <laughs> Three couples at the end of the service came up and, and left. Not just, they moved, they got transferred, their company transferred them, they did this. And so I've got five tithing families that are going bye-bye. And, and I, pastors are human. Did y'all know that? <laughs> and for a moment, I did. No, no, I'm, for a moment, I'm counting. Like, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, nine. And I finally just said, God, this is your church. If it is dependent on somebody leaving that's a big giver, there's not much of a church. Amen. Amen. And, so, and someone else came in and, and took up the slack. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Bow your heads with me. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Father, I, I, I said a lot of stuff today, but Father, I just, main thing is, Lord, that we're right with God. Lord, that we can raise our hand and say we can write, Lord. You're not looking for perfect people. You're looking at repentant people, Father. Just, we've screwed up, but Lord, we've asked forgiveness, Lord. And so I just thank you today, Lord, that, that you're ministering to each and every one of us in a unique, personal way, Lord. And you're concerned about that situation that we're going through. And the Lord would say right now, I know your situation. I know what you're dealing with, and I'm taking care of it. I did not, this was not put on you so that you would be burdened down. Give it to me. So Lord, we praise you for that. We thank you, Lord, that, uh, for the giftings that each one of us has. We thank you, Lord, that you've equipped this church for something that's coming up, Lord, that again, that's not even on the drawing board. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for the word, Lord. The word heals, delivers, sanctifies, glorifies. I'm taking the word and hiding it in my heart, Lord, that I might not sin against you. Father, whenever we come and gather, it's so that you're going to be glorified and manifested in our midst. Manifest yourself, Lord, in the lives of these people. You said you'd never leave us nor forsake us. You said, Lord, that nothing can separate us from the love of God. I don't care what people say, what people have done. God's word says, you're the head and not the tail. You're above and not beneath. And no weapon formed against you can prosper. No evil can come nigh your dwelling place. Hallelujah. The Lord says this, if you will allow me, I'll take you to a place you've never been before in the spirit realm. 
Hmm, thank you, Lord. The Lord said he might have to get rid of some flesh in order to do that. You know, your pastor Sunday morning said there's another level. I, I received that. But you know, the more the flesh drops off, the easier it is to get to that next level. Thank you for joining Pastors Chaz and Joni today from Houston Faith Church. If you're looking for a good home church in Houston, Texas, we'd like to invite you to be our guest anytime. What you'll find is the Houston Faith Church is highly committed to the Word of God, the love of God, and the Spirit-filled life and ministry that Jesus expects. We know that everyone wants to make a difference in this life and that the Great Commission of the Lord Jesus Christ is the main thing for all of us. You'll find your purpose here and grow strong in faith at Houston Faith Church. Find more faith-building resources on our YouTube channel or subscribe to our free audio podcast. You can also connect with us on Facebook and Instagram. See you soon.